Hi, my name's Tara Humphrey and welcome to the Business of Healthcare podcast, where I will be sharing interviews, insights, project management, leadership trainings and lessons learned from the field of healthcare to improve the delivery of your projects and business performance. Welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. In this episode, I interview Dr. Vidya. Dr. Vidya is a mum, she's an author, she is a life coach and she's also a GP and she's got a specialist interest in mental health, lifestyle medicine and the power of the mind. She's all about mindset. In our interview we discussed the importance of emotional fitness. We also talked about um, self-limiting beliefs. She also said something which I really, really like. She kind of said, I don't think when there's a problem, rather than think, why me? She thinks, you know, like, problem, try me. Let's see what I'm learning from this. Let's see how I can go on from this. So she's very, I found it very inspirational. And as a working mum, I did ask her, how do you fit it all in? People ask me that. I don't just ask mums that. I ask everybody that because everybody that I work with has about three or four or five jobs. I'm like, how, how do you manage it? And rather than provide prat, like kind of I do this, I do that. It was more around she does have a morning ritual, but that morning ritual is around thinking, what do I what am I going to do today to move my life forward in the direction it needs to go to achieve my goals. And I just really like that. Some people naturally think like that, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people manage their day just for their day. Whereas it sounds like Dr. Vidya, she's working towards bigger things and she uses her time in the morning. Not, it's not just about the day. It's what am I doing? What small needles am I going to move? What small needles am I going to achieve? in order to help me meet the bigger goal, which I really, really liked. And through her coaching, I think she's just helping people to see life through a different lens and giving people choices and giving them the permission to do the things that they love and light them up and that there's multiple ways to serve. And it's up to us to design and create the lives we want and choose careers and pathways and initiatives to help us serve in a way that feels really good to us regardless of what other people may think of that so I think you'll be inspired by this interview and I'd love to hear what you think please come over and say hi and share your key takeaways on social media you can find me on twitter at thc primary care on linkedin just look for tara humphrey and I'll see you in the next episode How are you doing? Thank you so much for joining me today on the Business of Healthcare podcast. Oh, thank you, Tara, for having me. It's a real, it's a real honour. I've been following your work closely, oh, and uh, it was a real pleasure uh, when you asked me to be on. So, could you introduce yourself and what you what you do? Okay, so I am Dr. Vidya Kumaranagam. The shortened version of that is Dr. Vidya, and essentially, I'm a GP. I have an interest in mental health, uh, so I'm a clinical director for mental health on the CCG. Um, I'm currently on maternity leave. Uh, I'm also a coach, uh, so I coach everything, but I like to call it a life coach as I really like holistic medicine, hence why I'm a GP as well. And my passion really is mindset. 
which uh, we'll talk about uh, during the interview. Uh, so I've written a book called Habits, a readable on Kindle, <laughs> and I'll give Tara a link. Um, and I've got some online courses, all basically essentially based around mindset, positive psychology, emotional fitness. So that's me. So portfolio GP, uh, most definitely. And um, I'm working towards making this my my full time one day. That's what I'm that's what I'm working on. Why is mindset so important to you? So mindset is essentially the key for me. What my opinion is that it's the key to life, really. Now, why is that? If you look around you right now, everything around you at one point in time was an idea in someone's mind. So let's take, for example, um, I know right now I'm looking at my lamp, my desk lamp, and there's a light bulb. So light, uh, light bulb or my phone. Um, no, but Andrew Bell, at one point it was an idea in his mind, right? It didn't exist. And at one point, you know, he was talking about oh, there's going to be wires and there's going to be an electromagnetic connection. And, you know, people wanted to commit him into an asylum at the time. Uh, but it was all an idea. And that's essentially what mindset is. It's all different ideas that we have. It's creative thinking. And the problem at the moment is that in our society, we are taught that book knowledge, which is important, but we're almost taught that that is more important than creativity you know creativity is this podcast that we're on right now right so this is all essential and sometimes we are put in a box and told to just get on with our work and of course when creativity dies and you lose that spark that's where a lot of this aside from workload you know burnout stress people just feel unfulfilled so mindset's really important if you can change your mindset and the intellectual faculties, things like perception, imagination, um, there's so many different faculties. But if you can change those things, you can literally change your life, right? Because you start looking at a different thing, your life looks different. Um, and that's why mindset is the key to everything. People try to change their habits, their behavior, a bit like you're trying to lose weight, you think, I'll oh, just eat different food, or I'll go on this diet, or that diet, or that diet. It's not about the diet, it's not about the behavior and the action that's important but it all starts with the mind first change your thinking and you'll change your results and then you change your life so that's why it's so important to me and as a GP how did you kind of get introduced to this or is it something you just always knew so I think uh growing up I've always been quite a spiritual person so you know believe in all religions and I essentially they're all leading to the same place it's just a different pathway people are choosing uh, but I've always been into that kind of, you know, sp into spirituality. And I think there was a lot of mindset in that. So things like talking about, you know, the foundation of your life, you know, setting the foundations right. Uh, and then the walls of the house are things like faith and love and positivity. And that, that's what holds the house together. And the house is, is your mind, right? Or your body. So I've always been interested in that. But I think as a GP, in particular, when I was a partner, um, up until a year ago, I was a partner for a you know, good uh, or just over five years and you know really enjoyed it obviously hard work and the workload as we all know is getting uh, more and more and I think I just found one day that I actually was leaving work really late as usual it was like nine o'clock ten o'clock uh, that was like the standard sometimes at that time trying to finish off all the paperwork praying there wasn't another blood result of some crazy abnormality that you then couldn't take out your mind right so you felt like you had to sort it out then and there because you're the partner and you're the GP everyone tells everyone to give the GP right so you just have the buck stops with you you have to sort it out anyway I was driving home 
I was, you know, I was perfectly fine, but um, I was actually listening to a podcast about mindfulness. So I was actually absolutely fine. But what happened was as I was turning a corner, um, an Uber driver, actually it's nothing against Uber, but <laughs> a, a driver uh, came and uh, hit me to the side of me. Uh, they were speeding and we both went flying down the road, 80 miles per hour. Um, and my car did a 180 and, you know, luckily I was, I was obviously fine as I'm here to tell the story, but it was, it was definitely a close call. And, um, I think what I learned from that episode was, although it wasn't my fault and yeah, I wasn't tired or anything like that, obviously I'd had a long day, but actually it wasn't any of those things. Uh, but what I found was, was there, was there something I could have done different? You know, like why was I on the road at nine o'clock on a weekday? I know it's not the end of the world, but as in, it's a long day, right? Start work at seven at nine and doing that almost every day during the week for years on end and I was like there's got to be a different way and I was really determined I was really determined to not be like some of unfortunately some of my patients who had had something horrible happen to them something not so great and it kind of just kind of took over their life you know when you kind of can identify a point where at some point it started to go a little bit of a downward spiral yeah uh, like affecting their confidence and you know that that side of things I I don't that's not happening to me like I just made a decision that's not happening so I really looked into research papers whilst I was off. My consultant was like, you have to take time off because I had just taken, I was like, well, I've not broken any bones. You know, I'll be back in work in three days. <laughs> and my consultant was like, what is wrong with you? I had a car accident. It was pretty like, okay, you've not broken anything, but actually you were very, very lucky um, because, you know, there was like a, to give you an idea, there was like a fire brigade and an ambulance and a police car. And it was all, it was pretty um, epic. Um, the only person missing was James Bond. But, um, so essentially they were like, look, okay, yeah, you're fine, but this could have been much worse. So really look after yourself, especially like your mental health. And I was really like, oh, okay, I never, to be honest, really thought about that before. Um, how you can look fine on the outside, but there, there could be something going on inside. So that's when I really looked into mental health. I really looked in particular about resilience and emotional fitness. And if people talk about emotional intelligence which is important but for me it's that emotional fitness you know uh, that we often just completely overlook and I then started to think about how gosh you know actually a lot of my patients a lot of the problems that they have is actually yes they've got a physical health issue but it's become a physical health issue do you know what I mean like it actually yeah. you can see when you talk to them it actually started with a with yes there was some event that's life you know we can't prevent everything from happening and and, and sometimes we need those things to, in order for us to grow but something happened where then it just then manifested into a physical health problem uh, a bit like back pain you know but actually often there's like some depression or there's something going out going on inside and actually if you address that it's often actually quite a simple issue but it's just that it's become a big issue that spirals out of control over time um, so a bit like the losing weight, you know, actually if you change your mindset, actually losing weight bit is actually quite easy. It's not that hard, right? It's less, less, going, in, um, less going in and do more exercise. It's actually not a difficult concept, but it's all the emotions and the mindset and emotional eating. And, but, you know, all of that that goes with it, that needs to be sorted out. So once I started applying that to my patients, um, talking a lot about resilience and realizing, gosh, everybody actually needs um, IAPT, you know, which is... Um, improving access to physical therapy but essentially things like mindfulness you don't have to go and see someone even you know this is about being dependent on yourself in a good way you know you don't want to have to feel like oh I've got to go and see a therapist now I have to go and see my GP no you can actually work on yourself to the point that you are happy 
within yourself and that's such a beautiful thing right that you life is sweeter of course because of our children our husbands and our friends and etc but actually like I'm by myself like I'm good I'm doing good and that's what that's where we need to start not making that dependent on someone else and your GP your husband your kids you you have to do this to make me happy and that's where we're all going a bit it's all going a bit sideways all these expectations we need to actually bring it back to basics bring it back to our mind work on our inner self that that is honestly the key and I think that's the key to everything I really do think that so I see you on Instagram and as you can't see me but I'm like nodding along big smile on my face like I'm all about that really really believe in that um but do people so that all makes lot to me logical sense um when you say to people like you know I'm a GP and I'm a coach I'm a GP by day and on the side I'm writing books on my maternity leave and I'm (laughs) I'm doing coaching what do people say to you honestly the first thing people say is like why are you GP you look so happy (laughs) (laughs) get back to work it honestly is that sometimes because I think the profession with general practice um it has become very strained and there's a lot of work being done by RCGP and the CTGs and, um, you know, the government, sort of show, but uh, the government um, on that. And obviously that's a work in progress. But it's unfortunately over the years and decades, it's become like that. And again, why, in my opinion, why is that? It's because we've, if you know, and this can be controversial, but in my opinion, we've made it, we've made the system so that the patient, patient-centred is good, of course, I'm all for that. But I feel that the system has become empowering people to with a mindset of it's not my fault. It's someone else's. It's got to be the GP's fault. Let me go, you know, GMC, um, nothing against them. But again, it's like sometimes they're forced to kind of, you know, feel like they have to make an example of certain doctors because of the perception of some of the people in the public. And the, everyone's a public. I'm the public. But I think that's there's a real mindset of issue in society, you know, particularly Western society which isn't present in some other societies where people do, if I'm honest, take more responsibility for their, for themselves. You know, people should be reminded that when they wake up every day, they should be thinking, I am responsible for my life. I am responsible for my feelings. I am responsible for every result in my life. That's actually from a seminar I'm about to do this evening, um, uh, which Bob Proctor is doing. That's the, the coaching and uh, programs that I, that I met my coaching through um, and it's all about that you know it's not about don't get help obviously it's not about don't um it's not about making somebody feel bad nothing to do with that but it's just where did that get lost along the way you know uh, and I think um that's what my coaching is about it's about empowering people in a positive way it's not like it's your responsible come on get up it's not that it's not boot camp <laughs> but it's more like come on like where's your inner power like isn't it great when you can feel that you are actually in control of your life or, or a co-creator, depending on beliefs. And actually, you are in control. It's a great thing. So to answer your question, actually, the biggest thing GPs in particular ask me is, is sort of like, oh, like, how do I get into that, into that? Or, you know, what do I need? Like they're looking for something different to complement everything else that they're doing because coaching is a very forward thinking, quite a positive process. It can be very, very uh difficult and uncomfortable going for life transformation but it's a very forward thinking process right whereas medicines become quite negative thinking in the western world 
uh, very um, about the disease process and you have to watch just the best medicine, the best tablet, the best scan. And actually very, it's very disempowering sometimes when it's done, when it's done with that approach. It's still important, but I think we just need to kind of, you know, switch through it a bit. <laughs> so who do you coach? Is it, do you coach kind of fellow GPs or is it going to be anyone? Everyone, everyone I coach, I, th- I coach everyone because everyone needs it, you know, including myself, um, I'm a coach. Um, and I think because I'm a GP and there's a lot of strain uh, and burnout, I know some people don't like that word, but there's a lot of stress in the profession at the moment and in the system, it naturally feels like there's a need for it more for doctors at the moment. Um, and I, I guess because I'm a GP, naturally, I, you know, I probably attract more GPs or just my network, right? So the people probably initially seeing my videos and content are probably happen to be GPs. And plus I'm Sri Lankan, right? So our UCAS almost like either general practice or accountancy or KFC or petrostation. So <laughs> most of them are GPs anyway, by default. <laughs> So naturally, they're sort of asking me like, oh, so what is what is this coaching? Or how do I get involved? Or, you know, can you give me some advice? Or that's how it starts. But it is it is genuinely for, for everybody. So uh, yeah, I've got a lot of GPs under me at the moment. I've got some people from New York who are, uh, one's a speech and language therapist, um, one's an author. And so it doesn't have to be doctors, no, but I think there is a real need for that at the moment. You mentioned the word burnout and you said, I know people don't like that word. What made you say that? So burnout, if someone said to me, are you all burnt out? Are you burnt out? Especially when, you know, it said a lot and then you read like, you know, a health magazine, it's all about burnout. And then you're looking something online, burnout. sometimes it just obviously you feel a bit, you know, crap (laughs) after a while, right? You feel a bit like, because it just becomes, you just feel like you're surrounded by it. And then it's like, NHS crisis, scarcity, there's no funding, Um, and you're just like okay if when you're constantly surrounded by that I think it's sometimes I do feel like are we of course there are funding issues and you know all of that working with CCG so know, know all about that but I do also think that sometimes the language we use sometimes the way in which we report things you know like where's all the good stuff that happens <laughs> you know we should be spreading and that's a general media thing so with burnout it's a very emotive word, isn't it? So when I'm writing some of my articles and things, I'm aware of like, for example, with the medical article, we often don't use emotive words, but it's very factual. It's just the facts. You don't try and sway the reader's mind in any particular direction. It's just these are the facts. Whereas a word like burnout is almost associated with stress. It's almost as also people, I think some people feel like some of my clients have felt like it's been their fault in some way, like burnout, like I'm burnt out. So what is it? it's not it's no one else's problem it's just mine um when actually there's a big system issue so i think that's what i meant in terms of there's a much wider you know much wider issue surrounding that so i think the word stress is sometimes better also burnout implies that there's it, it, it's like an end point like i'm burnt out like i don't know what's after burnout you know? uh so it's like the matches on the floor so i think it's I use the word burnout because people understand what I mean in terms of the profession and all the stress and everything going out, going on, sorry. Um, but I don't use that word with my clients because we're trying to look for solutions, right? We're trying to look for, even if you say like a way out, sometimes it's sort of like, well, people don't want to feel like they're in like some sort of hell. You need to be aware of your current situation. That's true. Um, but I think different words are sort of like, okay, it's a very challenging time. It's very, as opposed to, oh, it's troubling, it's devastating, you know, then it's just like, oh. So what does life look like after the challenge and the pressure 
So do you mean, for example, somebody I'm working with and they... Yeah. So let's say that you're working with a GP and we won't... They're not burnt out, but they're just really challenged, stressed and unhappy. (laughs) I think think, think there's nothing wrong with it. It's just I'm I'm just... I guess I'm just trying to um, be sensitive to those who have mentioned that they really don't like that word. And sometimes I think it can prevent people from getting help because they've, maybe they're in an environment in their practice or hospital or wherever they are that the word burnout is associated with like, uh, you're not able to cope, you know, which is a horrible way of putting something because actually I I would say that's a system issue. Mm. But equally, you know, when there's something a result that you don't like in your life actually knowing that it is to do with you can actually be very empowering because it, that's what I tell my my uh, people I work with that it's empowering because actually that means that you are okay the problem which sounds doesn't sound nice but you are there for the solution right so therefore it's all within you yeah which is great it's not like if it's a system issue it's like well okay well that's gonna take some time to go to the system and I'm gonna have to wait and what am I doing what yeah so Yes, there is a system issue, but I think it's really important that if everyone actually focused on themselves and then their their kind of local community, and, their, and if everyone did that, actually the system would be fine. So it's, I think it's, again, this projection onto it's something else. So what it looks like is, for example, obviously not going to mention names, um, but work, on, work with some GPs I'm working on at the moment. You know, there's one of who's always wanted, she's always wanted to write a children's book. Um, she's always wanted to children's book and you know, she was working really hard as a GP and she's still she's still doing that but she's now looking to be a portfolio GP so she can do different different things now I think one of the challenges is that there's this real uh, feeling sometimes by many GPs that oh but if I don't work full time or if I don't do this or I don't do that then then I'm like almost like I'm in trouble or you know some there's this almost weird very very strange very negative competition going on of who does more sessions and why, I don't know where that came from. So, so you know, when I was GP partner, sometimes working eight, nine, 10 sessions, which means a session, sorry, is half a day. So basically the more you work, it's almost like, oh yeah, I'm more stressed because I've been doing more and oh my gosh, yeah. And then I, I didn't even have lunch. And you know, it's almost like, okay, that's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Why are you boasting about it? And I think people want that recognition and appreciation for how hard, they, how hard they've worked. I definitely felt like that. So I definitely get it. But I think that it, what it is doing is that portfolio general practice is a great way to have variety in your career, uh, whether it's full time or part time is up to you in your life and however you want to do it. Right. Um, but I think that I do have to, and I just wanted to say this, that I do think it's not fair to make um, anybody feel that um, they are sort of, you know, everyone's contribution is valued basically. And if somebody chooses to do, you know full-time 10 sessions then that's their choice no one's forcing them to um and equally no one's forcing me to right and then that's yeah. when I realized I had to almost snap out it and be like actually why am I I could do this in a different way same ways of contributing so I just think that was a really important point to make so that was the biggest challenge is just it's just encouraging people to think that there are different ways of contributing within and outside of medicine you know you're contributing right now with your podcast right so there's so many ways of impacting people's lives in a really positive way. You can do it one-on-one as a GP in a patient, as in patients in the clinic. You can do it empowering masses like you're doing with your podcast. You can do it via book, online courses. You can do education. You know, there's, you can do less sessions as a GP and more sessions doing something else, or maybe more on self-care so that you're like a real badass in like those sessions that you are doing as a, as a GP partner or whatever, right? So I think 
that's got, all gotten a bit lost in this sort of oh I'm in the system and you know it's stress and I'm like on the front line and that's important we need that but we need to be well otherwise us becoming patients is not helping the system be a patient look after yourself but don't become ill and unwell you know in the process you've got your book you're raising a family you um got a fantastic social media presence you've got your coaching business and you're also involved in a brand called arbon aren't you Yes, that's right. Um, essentially, with um, with Arbon, I mean, I've just started a few months ago, and this is after uh, reading a really an amazing book, which everybody should read, uh, called Rich Dad Poor Dad, uh, by Robert Kiyosaki. Now, in this, it was really enlightening because it very much talks about how you know it's not just about being rich. You know, rich is um, richness in finances, uh, which is which is good because the more uh, wealthy you are the more you can um, not be in a strain on your system yourself first of all um, and secondly what an amazing platform right if you can take you know like for example your podcast or my courses or whatever and the more wealthy you are the more global you can take it and impact more and more people and you know you can even do clinics for free if I wanted right so actually I think there's a lot of uh, self-limiting beliefs around money that people have so that's one thing also richness in health you know, richness in ideas and creativity, richness in social connections, family, friends, in love, happiness, peace. It's so many, so rich is just one word. But if we focus on finances for a second, very much essentially talks about multiple sources of income. That's the key to being comfortable in life, to being wealthy, which is a good thing, right? Uh, it's not a selfish thing. It's just really important um, because the more, uh, more you have of it, the more you're able to give back in terms of yes money in terms of time in terms of your knowledge everything so it's actually really important that and there's plenty to go around it's not like you know if i have more than that means tara has less no it means we can have both we can both have it it's just lots of self-limiting beliefs so it's a great book so with that i then started i was really empowered to start private practice and doing it online which means that it's available globally so you know like i'm able to see people in new york or hong kong you know japan brazil so it's amazing that you can that you can do that it's no different to for example e-consultations um which is being portrayed to the nhs at the moment very much about uh, lifestyle medicine is something i'm really enjoying at the moment as well and that's essentially how i got into arbon which is first of all multiple sources of income so it's another source of income which is great it's a very ethical company with great values it's all vegan based it's thoroughly research based i mean there are lo- there are you know i'm sure there are lots of other ways of of doing it but this really resonated with me and um, it ties in with multiple sources of income it also ties in with a great nutrition skincare makeup beauty um and particularly the nutrition so it really really resonated with me and you know using it for for the family you know as well i think that's the biggest thing is is being aware that as a anyone gp health professional whatever it doesn't matter who you are but everyone i think focusing on multiple sources of income and arbon for me is 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 one of those and um, it's great working with a company and business partners who have similar values to me as well so you mentioned um towards the beginning um you've got these other interests and kind of one day you know coaching will be your full-time yeah, so education, education, and it's difficult to think about it really. I think I think coaching is one way of getting the information out, 
whether it's my online courses or I do a lot of public speaking, which is, I guess it's like coaching on masses. But yeah, coaching, mentoring, whichever word you want to use, that's definitely what I'd love to do full time for, for everybody. Do you think it'd be, will you be sad to leave being a practicing GP? So I don't know if I'd necessarily, I'm not sure if I would ever leave. I think it's more just finding a way to integrate it into my practice my, my clinical practice um, in a way which is I guess um, in a way which I really feel is the best of the patient you know sometimes there are lots of great services that I would for example love to mention but you know there are certain laws and things you know when you're and, and, and when you're working within the NHS which is good which is important uh, but I do think that medicine is evolving you know it's changing a lot now uh, and actually you know people get scared of privatization but actually the NHS is already privatized which is good because it means that you have the best person doing the job right it's not uh, it just because it's NHS that they are therefore doing that service it's 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 whoever is whoever is you know the best after it's gone to a bid and you have a procurement and you know whoever's providing the best service so because medicine is changing so much I think I'm glad that that's being recognized more and more now and I think equally our consultations and the way in which we practice will change, will have to change. Like how we're doing e-consultations, you know, there's lots of GPs who don't like to do that or lots of patients who might not like it or to get their records out, et cetera. But I mean, this is, things do need to change because clearly, you know, society is changing and we need to move with the time. So that's why I feel like general practice in its current form, you know, I love being a GP, I'm an RTGP board and North Sanjay faculty, so I definitely love being a GP, but I think that there are different ways that resonate with me personally that might not be the same for everybody else. I know GP partners who are doing 10 sessions who are very happy, you know, in, in, in how they're doing it. So this is a very personal decision, uh, but I just feel that I'm really, with coaching, um, I just feel like, you know, when you really, maybe you found this with your podcast, like you really feel like you found your life purpose like it just really feels good it really really feels good and I feel like that with general practice but obviously when I'm writing like 10 sick minutes a day and um having someone shout at me because of antibiotics and you want to educate them about lifestyle medicine you know and actually you can see there's an emotional issue that you need to sort but you've got 10 minutes and it's the whole system side of things which is a work in progress but I want to be able to do things on the side to compliment that as well I don't want to wait yeah you're right and I think I feel I suppose I feel that about my job in general I feel like I, I found my thing in primary care and I do project management I do a bit of facilitation I've got the blog um I've got the podcast so it's not ju- you're right it's not just one thing we are not just one thing we can do multiple things around um a, a core focus but how we do that you can do it in a variety of ways I mean that's the thing we are you know, I mean, it goes back into, you know, spirituality, but we are creative beings, right? We're meant to be creating all the time. We're not meant to be put in a box and this is how it is. And that's it. You know, it's an evolution. And if you're not creating, then what's opposite creating? Well, you're, you're basically you're dying. <laughs> you know, you're, it's not, you know, nothing's being created anymore. See, there is nothing. I don't believe in maintenance. I don't believe in maintenance. It's either creating something more, it's either getting better or it's not getting better. It's getting worse which means it's spiraling downwards. Um, so I think that everything is, if there's a better way of doing something, then you should do it. And if it's not quite fitting into the system and the system's catching up, it's getting there, definitely. But then meanwhile, you know, it's like doing it in my own way. And then I'd love to be able to do that in my own practice. But obviously, you know, 
you know life coaching isn't in like the GMS you know contract <laughs> <laughs> not, uh, yet. not yet uh GMS contract and uh, uh obviously I was a private company so obviously I would never talk about that you know with NHS patients at all so it's completely separate yeah. um and it's not about the Arbon name really it's just about you know about empowering people with their nutrition and mindset and it doesn't have to be a medicine that you have to take like you don't have to feel like I have, I, the only way this is solved is if I wait this many weeks to see my GP because I have to get this pill and that's where all that stress comes from you know it's like I have to see my GP and actually it's like well first of all we're changing the system and secondly you might not need a GP like why do you feel like you have to why you know maybe have you tried these different things and empowering people to feel like it's good you know it's good to be taking care of yourself and obviously if things are really not working of course you know come come to your GP but but there are so many other ways. I think we need to empower people more now. Uh, but it's very difficult as a GP because I know that people feel stressed medically, legally, that, oh, well, what if it doesn't work? And then the patient, sometimes the patient, and they sue me. And, you know, like, I think there's a responsibility there we need to take with the society of, you know, nothing is 100%. Right? And, and again, going back to taking responsibility. So kind of on a more practical note, you do a lot. How do you juggle it all? Um, I don't sleep. I'll sleep when I die. No, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. That's not good for mental health at all. Uh, so I, 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 I advocate sleeping definitely. Um, I think, um, I think the key thing. I, I, I mean, I'm definitely learning more and more about time management. Um, I wouldn't say I'm like the most organised person I know at all. I'm always learning. Um, but I think it's just. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is writing is my morning ritual. So again, it comes down to mindset. You know, you can change your day at any time. If you're having a crap day right now, you can sit down or if you're, if you're at work, you can say so you go to the toilet <laughs> and you can sit down and just think, okay, where am I right now? Uh, I'm the toilet. <laughs> where am I right now <laughs> in my life? <laughs> I'm in cubicle, love no, I, Where am I right now in my life? Okay, is this where I want to be? And this is an empowering, you know, mindset. It's not, oh my gosh, it's awful. It's okay, where am I? Is this where I want to be? Is there more I could be doing? You know, again, the creativity. Is there more I could be? What is my purpose here? Am I, do I feel like I'm fulfilling that? Now, sometimes we have to do what we have to do. So, you know, I love one of Oprah's sayings do what you have to do until you can do what you want to do or do what you're meant to do. So yes, it doesn't have sometimes happen overnight, uh, but I think it's good to check in, you know, every three to six months, like where am I? Just what do I want to do? It's not about quitting jobs. I'm not saying that, but you can adapt things. You can change things up a little bit. And if it's not happening, then be really grateful for that journey that you've been on and where you are right now. And then it may be time for a new chapter because you're growing, right? Maybe you've outgrown that place doesn't mean it's less than than you but it's just it, it you know you you've, you've grown that outgrown that environment and now it's time for something new sometimes it's not the outside environment it's something inside so to answer your question the biggest thing is my morning ritual so when i do my um you know affirmations and gratitude which is normally working on something which i'm finding like challenging so I'm trying to embrace the challenge, you know, like what is this trying to teach me? You know, it's not why me, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's try me. Yeah, come on, try me then, try me. Let's, let's do this, let's do this. Look it in the eye and let's do this. Let's really embrace this challenge and let's see, like clearly there's something I'm supposed to learn from this. So what is it, right? So that car crash I had, I could have just gone back to doing what I was doing, right? And you know, I've just not, you know, 
pretty good life as a GP, right? You know, you had a decent amount and, um, and all of those things. So, but I think I felt like clearly things needed to change because working till 9pm, 10pm every day, missing out on you know, meals with your husband, you know, all of those things, that's obviously not, there's another way of helping people or another way for me anyway. And that's what I wanted to do. And I really sat down on my mat leave and my first mat leave and really thought about, okay, I want to use this time to really do things that I've always said I wanted to do. And I'm just going to do it. I'm doing it for me. The biggest thing, um, the biggest thing is people worrying about other people's opinions, right? I think that holds a lot of people back. And that's again with when you were saying about how you get, you know, get what you need to get done in your day you can get caught up with oh well, this person wants me to do this and I have to do that and you just get caught up with all of those things which make you very 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 busy but you're not actually moving your life forward in any way you're just very busy doing lots of stuff so you have to do your chores you have to take responsibility you know you're, we all have responsibilities and duties of course we have to do those but we need some time in the morning really early so I normally wake up at sort of you know 5.45 a.m. Uh, aside from having to change a pooey nappy uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and um, I normally wake up really early and I use that time some thinking time to just write down what do I want what do I what is it that I really want to do and is am I going in that direction and then I write down what are six needle movers so needle movers means if you imagine you've got like um, you've got like a, a firing gun this is a positive story, don't worry. You're like a firing gun and you're, you're trying to shoot a target or you've got a bow and arrow or whatever. You've got a, a, a target, a bullseye. You know, if you move just one, one degree, you're completely off target. Just one degree. But if you just moved it back just a tiny notch, it might be the smallest move. But if you kept, if you shot it in that direction, which means consistency doing that every single day, then you're going to get to your bullseye. So things like exercise, for example, does not need to be some big marathon that, I mean, I know you do marathons, but you know, it doesn't need to be that you do every single day. <laughs> if you even just did like 10, 15 minutes yeah. but you do that every day, actually, you know, it'd be, it'd be amazing. You know, people always say, oh, if I just continue that thing, I would do this today. So you just got to keep doing that. So I always think of what are the six biggest needle movers today that I can do uh, that are really going to get me on course to the direction of life. I want it to go in and that's 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 the things I focus on and some I'm setting a timer so sometimes I'll be like right I know I can get on and on um so I will set a timer like right doing this like 10 minutes you know what it's like with kids you want to eat three of them yeah sometimes it's like I literally have 10 minutes so 10 minutes whilst there's 10 big episodes going on uh to figure out my life no to I've got 10 minutes to maybe write to exercise. Okay, so I can either moan at the end of the day or at the end of the year, like, oh, I didn't reach my goal and oh, I've gone away. And, you know, like, right, come on, I've got 10 minutes. There must be something I can do. So, right, YouTube, Google, 10 minute hit workout, do it. Yeah. And all the rest of that. And, you know, huge disclaimer there. But, like, but you can do it, right? You can do it like a 10 minute. If you really wanted to, you could you can do it. Yeah. I can do it. So, I bought a weighted vest. I bought the ankle weights and, and, and wrist weights and I bought, you know, some substitute from home because I know that, well, actually at this stage in my life with, you know, very young babies and things, sometimes it's not possible to get to the gym or that time commuting back and forth. It's just, so I think, right, I can do this. I've got 10, I've got 20 minutes, you know, right. Let me just knock this out and do it. Um, so I think the biggest thing is setting a timer and needle movers. So write out your duties for the day as like mother, wife, I mean, daughter etc gp you know yeah. what you have to do 
and then the other thing is what are you doing for you that is moving your life forward otherwise you know what that's your creativity right like my online course i'm just gonna shoot like a i don't know five minute video on youtube just to like you know and that's might be my brainstorming you know for myself just to kind of get ideas all in my mind or i'm gonna just do one video and uh you know just uh, answer emails to my coaching clients or something or you know whatever it is that you want yeah. to yeah thank you so much that was really help i was really really helpful thank and... you no, thank you it's an absolute absolute pleasure thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and we hope that you enjoyed it if you did enjoy it we would love it if you left us an itunes review or if you comment like and share it on our social media channels you can find us on twitter at thc primary care and on linkedin just look for tara humphrey so the business of healthcare podcast is being brought to you by thc primary care we are a project management company specializing in the development of primary care networks gp federations and training hubs. If you need support or you are looking for advice on how to progress one of your initiatives, please drop us an email so I can arrange a call with you so we can discuss this further. Our email is admin at thcprimarycare.co.uk. We've been helping primary care networks with their development plans, helping them to make the most of their network meetings, sharing training resources. We've had questions like what do we include in a project plan? We have implemented network-based contracts across GP federations. We also support the day-to-day operational management of training hubs and have also got experience in setting them up from scratch. If we can't help you, we definitely know some people who will be able to help you, so please do get in touch. And that's just to remind you, our email address is admin at thc primarycare.co.uk or come and find us on www.thcprimarycare.co.uk and in the meantime please tune in to the next episode of the business of healthcare podcast <laughs>